It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. It's eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning into the forum this morning. People who work too hard, beware. Working yourself too hard can have some really nasty consequences. As your hours creep up and the pressure gradually intensifies, you may end up feeling like you're flying until one day burnout hits and you don't know what has happened when you come crashing down. And it would be good to keep an eye out for early warning signs uh, that you may be seeing rising stress levels that you are starting to get out of control and a study by the Northwest University's Work Well Unit has discovered that 17% of people under the age of 30 face serious risk of burnout and a physical, mental and emotional exhaustion that is linked to working too much but in this world where it is for all intents and purposes a rat race How do you even begin to quantify what is too much? So talking about burnout this morning, and would love to hear your views on this matter as well. We have with us uh, Kim uh, Kim Ballantyne, who is a professional business and life coach. Thanks for coming through to studio. Thank you so much, Sakina. And I think you've raised a very, very important topic. Just looking at the stats before the show, in South Africa, one in six people suffer from stress and burnout. So very much in line with what the Northwest study found, 17% of people. And certainly in my coaching practice, I'm seeing more and more younger people suffering from this condition called stress and burnout. Specifically but what burnout. is burnout? Burnout is an extreme form. So let's differentiate stress is temporary and it's situation specific. So you can feel stressed about your show. Once the show is over, that stress mm. is alleviated. But burnout is reactional and it is a gradual, longer-term process. So it can be related to your work or relationships or health. But when that stress is prolonged over a period of time and it's not alleviated, you end up with burnout. And, the, and burnout can lead to illness, disability, complete exhaustion, extinction of passion, and a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And that's what frightens me. You know, when people come in and they have no sense of hope, a real sense of, of, of helplessness and extreme depersonalization. So they often say, I don't even recognize who I am anymore. Mm. This is not me. And also complete fatigue, just an inability to recover. Sometimes sleep doesn't even fix that mm. sense of exhaustion. But, you know, I can imagine people listening, thinking, well, you must be exaggerating now, Kim, you know, uh, looking at some of the things you've mentioned, because those do seem to be extreme, uh, that it could lead to physical disability. Yes, it does. I think in in my case, I turned 40, and within a few weeks, I'd lost my ability to speak. They said I had a form of Parkinson's. And I think what had happened in in my case, I had just been working extremely hard. I'd been supporting my husband who was specializing at Barra. And just a culmination of stresses led to extreme burnout. And I had six years of not being able to speak followed by cancer. So in my case, it was extreme. But I do see in my practice people with severe symptoms. They can't get up in the morning. They're un- unable to face their day because their sense of, of burnout is so, ext- is so overwhelming.
In the Northwest University study, they talk about uh, people who do administrative work, clerical work, being uh, seemingly more at risk of suffering burnout. But are there certain personality types uh, that are more at risk? Yes, I think so. I think that's a very good comment. I think your A-type personality is definitely at risk. They tend to be more perfectionistic. They can be pessimistic. They Also, I think when you have a personality that's not fitted with a job correctly, so you've got a nocturnal person doing a morning-type job (laughs) and just struggling to make that fit. And again, with the the A-type personality, they are more at risk because their attention to detail, they go, go, go. And so all of those factors can lead to uh, an exacerbation of the situation. But why would people work so hard? I mean, surely there must be some triggers, you know, some signs and symptoms that uh, manifest to tell you something is going wrong. How does it get to the point where people don't recognize any of that to the point where they suffer burnout? I think you've raised an important thing. I think we're made up of three parts. We're cognitive, so our thinking, we're emotional, and then we have behavioral manifestation. And I think so often stress and burnout give us the signs and the symptoms in all those areas, but we ignore them. We don't want to face it. Maybe we don't know what they are. I think sometimes that is correct. I think your physical symptoms, especially with stress and burnout, are inability to sleep, muscle aches and pains, headaches, chronic fatigue, emotionally often feeling overwhelmed, depressed, and uh, lacking motivation and enthusiasm. And then at a cognitive level, people that are burnt out just say, I can't forget, I can't remember things. My short-term memory seems so bad. Um, I struggle to put things together. So when those things are starting to manifest, we need to ask ourselves what is actually going on here. And it's not all bad news because coaching is an amazing tool. Coaching is really just putting up a a mirror to someone and saying, let's just take the time to look at the face in the mirror and see what's happening. And coaching reflects back so much of what's going on in your life. And someone said to me, coaching is a strategic thinking partner. So it's really someone who just comes alongside you in that situation and helps you to unpack, to look at some of the behavioral patterns, to look at some of the thinking patterns, because often our negative thinking spirals and it manifests then in emotional and behavioral symptoms. And as always, the lines are open so uh, you can call in and uh, participate in this discussion. Perhaps you recognizing some of those uh, symptoms as I am right now. Um, But uh, of course, we try not to self-diagnose because you know what that did to me a little while ago. But we also have with us this morning, uh, Shirley Waghorn, who is a single mother who suffered burnout after prolonged stress. Um, Stress over worry, over finances, over university fees for the children. Shirley, talk us through that. Good morning. Yes, it's exactly that. I was a single mother and I had three daughters, had to put them through school and through university. So I am a a personality, by the way. So I'm very driven and my whole life I've just managed to cope because what happens when I'm in a situation that's stressful, I just block the stress and I just do what I have to do. I go into action mode, which is one of the problems with an A personality. So what I was doing is I was working um, from 
four in the morning because I only need four hours sleep a night. That's sufficient for me. So I was working from four in the morning till one in the morning working. Uh, well, you can't do that forever. And I did that for decades. So that was a, a, eventually your body just going to fall apart and just not be. But what was going through your mind? I mean, as you say, you can't do that forever. And just the mere mention of it, it, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds crazy that you would work such long hours for such a long period of time. You know what happened to me is that it, it was a fear of not having enough provision for my family and for myself. And, and that, that was my absolute, my actions were driven by fear. And it, it was a strange thing because even though I knew that was happening, there was no ways I could put the brakes on. I just seemed to keep going, keep going, keep going until eventually there was just an all fall down. And I couldn't cope. I was emotionally, I was be, uh, totally overwhelmed. Cognitively, I couldn't remember, couldn't think, couldn't put things together. If something happened, I would just fall apart. Uh, where normally I could say, okay, what do we do to fix this situation? I couldn't do any of that. I was just completely overwhelmed with myself and with life. And uh, you won't believe it, but it actually gets so bad that you, if someone asks you to make a cup of tea or wants to have a conversation with you, it's too much. It's like just one, everything is just too much. Another thing is too much. Now, that is quite extreme. And I was in that place of burnout for two years. And I went through a coaching process with Kim, actually. And, and what I knew that I was in that place, but I didn't, I couldn't get myself out of it. So going through coaching and just understanding myself and what I needed to do to get out uh, because remember, coaching is a process where you understand yourself and you make the decision to get out of your situation. It's not like someone tells you what to do. They purely facilitate the process. Um, it, it maybe just gave me the confidence and the courage to climb out of that chair and climb into the chair that I knew. And I had to make changes. I had to stop working those long hours. I had to, I had to physically make choices that stopped me from getting myself in that place. That couldn't have been easy, though, because you've done uh, and you've settled into this routine over a long period of time. It was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly difficult. And I would find myself automatically wanting to go there and having to stop, having to give clients notice, in fact, because I just knew that I couldn't, I couldn't actually carry on the way I was. Um, which is hard when, you, when you're fearful in terms of finance, you know, because you're just thinking, well, is this the right line to let go? Is this what? So there, there was a whole cognitive, literally cognitive decision that I had to make to get myself out of that place. And, uh, you know, talking about what to let go, and I, uh, and I guess this is what many people would be struggling with. You are working harder because you need to make ends meet. Um, there are mere needs that need to be met, not necessarily your own, but others who may be dependent on you. Your daughters, how did they cope with all of this? Well, by the time I hit burnout, fortunately, they were all out of the house and um, had gone through university, had finished their degrees, and had, two of them were married. They were completely thrown by me being in the way I was. They didn't even understand it. They had a mother who just always coped and just always did what she had to. And suddenly they had a mother that couldn't cope, that the smallest little thing would send me over the edge emotionally and, and physically exhausted. I mean, I, did, I was absolutely exhausted all the time. So they battled. They really struggled with it, you know, and they didn't know how to solve it. I think because I was their mother. I think if it was an outside person, it would be easier to get perspective. But because mm. you're in this situation, it's quite hard, you know. So 
they were very glad that I went through a coaching process with Kim because they could see the they could see the almost the weekly changes that happened because of the, the uh, yeah just finding myself you know just getting the, a reality check and then just sh- making my own shifts in terms of that and you know we're talking about burnout and I'd love to hear from young people this morning because People do tend to work, work, and work mm-hmm. some more. And in some instances, it's become a status symbol to say, oh, well, you know, I get up at 3 a.m. and I work until uh, 12 midnight. It's a status symbol to show how hard you work, how important you are. Uh, Makema Ofani says on Twitter, um, downing my first Red Bull and yawning through traffic. There, uh, this is where he's at right now. I'm burnt out. Work, work, work. And more work. I have a thousand things to do. Mm, that's very common. And I just would say to him, it's just such an important thing to, to literally stop and just say, why is this happening? What's driving me? Why am I needing to work like this? And then, but, but, but then again, I think as we've already established, that's the difficult part. Yes. Getting yourself to stop. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think sure, with Shirley, just working with Shirley, that was one of the difficult things, just saying your normal is so abnormal. So working until 12, you know, 12 or 1 in the morning and waking up at 4 and working again is not normal. So your boundaries are way out of control. And we need to just bring those boundaries back. So often it's boundary setting that is the problem. Our boundaries are just too lax or too wide and we really have to learn to pull those in. But I want to come back to what I was saying uh, just now about the status thing. When you hear of the, uh, the people who are the most successful telling you about how much work they put in, the long hours, how nothing comes easily, then young people feel, well, perhaps that is the road to success. Absolutely. And I think they also feel guilty when they're not doing that. You know, I've got three children at university at the moment, and I just see how hard they're working and the behavior patterns they're learning that potentially can lead to long-term burnout. And we keep having to say to them, it's okay to take time off. You're at university. You can do uh, Have those downtimes. But I think you're right. We see these people who are working ex- excessive hours, and I think particularly in certain professions. If I think of the helping professions, if I think of healthcare, healthcare, you're looking at um, 85% of emergency workers suffering from burnout and what they call compassion fatigue. It's a different form of burnout that you see in helping professions. Doctors, between 20 to 60% suffering from burnout and compassion fatigue because of the type of career they're in. So I think it's also dependent on the, the type of work that you're doing, not just aspiring to work harder and harder as your, your peers or your role models are. Just expand on compassion fatigue. What exactly is that? Compassion fatigue, it's, we talk about the cost of caring. So someone that's gone into teaching, that gone into the emergency services like ER24 or gone into nursing um, or medicine, they've gone in because they are drawn, they want to help people. But when the, the emotional dis-ease they are experiencing exceeds uh, the amount that they are giving out or the, the amount of compassion they're giving out exceeds what they have left inside of them, they, they're working on empty. 
they get what we call compassion fatigue. And it's a very difficult thing. My husband works in medicine, and I've seen him at times being so burned out that he's just said, I, I just can't. I, I can't even deal with another patient. So that for me is is very concerning. And it's one of the things that we look at in Camber Coaching, our business, is mm. this whole concept of compassion fatigue. It's very um, under-addressed. It's a new term internationally, and very few people are doing anything about it. So again, in addressing things like compassion fatigue, it's giving people a skill set to manage stress, to manage burnout, to manage their emotional tank when the reserves are just completely depleted, but you're in a position where you've got to keep caring. No, I mean, you can think of nurses, for instance, mm. where they're constantly dealing with sick people. Just hearing about trauma eventually traumatizes them when there is just nothing left to give. So it's a very serious problem, and it impacts people at a significant level. Well, uh, speaking about burnout this morning and just reading through some of the tweets, I can tell you that our listeners identify very strongly and perhaps we will revisit some of the signs and the symptoms that people ought to be on the lookout for uh, so that they can actually stop and just take stock of what is happening around them. As you say, recognize that their normal is not normal. Absolutely. So um, let me read some of those messages. Uh, Sane says, I agree with the lady. I suffer burnout every day in my work. I hope it won't lead to any physical disability, though. You see, you are hoping. Mm-hmm. You, you are seeing the signs. It's manifesting. But somehow you are hoping that the worst won't come to pass. What do you say to that, Shirley, as someone who's been there? Okay. Once you've recognized that, you need to go and get help. You really do. Um Honestly, you need to go through a process. For me, coaching worked, and yes, there are other processes, but coaching for me was the most successful one, also because of my personality type. But you need to say, is this normal? Is this normal that I'm feeling like this every day? And what am I going to do about it? Because there's only two options. You're either going to get worse or better. There's no, this thing doesn't stay where it is. It either spirals downwards or you get yourself out of the situation. So honestly, my suggestion is that you would go and get help and get help soon so that you can feel better. Let's hear from Martha D, who's calling us from Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your guest. What are you doing in Cape Town? Aren't you supposed to be in Mtata? Sakina, you don't ask a retired person who's loaded. Any questions? Okay, let me get... I withdraw. (laughs) Let me get straight to the topic. Number one, I'm type A. Number two, a pessimist. Number three, always driven. I relate so well with what your guest is saying. I remember in 1981, I was pregnant, teaching, studying adversity. I'm only grateful to the psychologist who said, I was breaking forward, who said to you know, ma'am, you have to give up one thing. But I couldn't give up teaching. I couldn't give up being pregnant. Then I decided, okay, let me stop studying. After all, I'm too old. Why did I miss my early days? Then I'm very good. But even the youth these days, they, they want to have everything all at once. But I think that it's very important that you notice the signs and then seek help. 
because there's something else that many people are feared of. They are, don't want to be called mad, crazy, whatever. But thank you very much, Sakina, for this topic. Thank you so much, uh, May Martha, calling us from Cape Town. And then and, and Unati uh, Kwaza adds on to uh, what uh, Martha D was saying there, saying women want to be everything to everyone, Sakina, and that leads to burnout. We are scared to say no to others, and young people want to keep up with the Joneses and the Kumalos, and they want instant gratification, mm-hmm. so they work more. Absolutely. And I think that thing of instant gratification is something that we're seeing more and more of, especially because of technology. Things are at our fingertips, and it's very easy to access things. So we expect things to, we just expect whatever we're wanting is going to manifest a whole lot quicker. And so I think we work harder, we push ourselves harder, we want things more, and it just becomes a vicious circle, a treadmill that we're on. And I, I also want to talk about the responsibility of employers, mm-hmm. because sometimes you find yourself in an environment where, unfortunately, you have to work to earn a living, and your employer is just totally oblivious to the sort of impact that all the demands of that job are having on you. Yes, I think so. I think work in particular, can be a very big trigger for stress and burnout. And I'd like to just raise some things that can really contribute to it. One is where your job description is not clear, not understanding what your goals and deadlines mm. are. Secondly, where it's your, um, the requirements are unclear or the requirements are impossible. The goals that are set are just beyond your capabilities. I think where there is high stress and no downtime, when you expect it to work every second of the day that you're there and after hours, where there are big consequences to failure, I think that, puts, that exacerbates the stressful situation. I think, too, where you feel a lack of control or a lack of recognition or where the communication is bad and when the compensation is poor mm. and when there's poor leadership. I've seen a situation recently where someone is working for an overseas company that is nine hours behind us, and they're in the South African market. So their day starts here. They're dealing with all the South African issues, customer complaints, whatever's coming in. When their day ends here, the Canadians or the Americans are waking up. Mm. And so they are having to now deal with all of those issues. So they're dealing with this exceptionally long day with um, issues coming from all sides and finding it very difficult to set boundaries. So I think with technology and the, the way that the world is changing and how we're dealing across continents and time zones, that is another issue that causes extreme stress in work and potential burnout. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. We're talking burnout this morning um, in Northwest University's WorkWell unit. Uh, they conducted a study and they discovered that 17% of people under the age of 30 face serious risk of burnout, which is a physical, mental and emotional exhaustion that is linked to working too hard. And judging by the messages that are coming through, I, I think our listeners are all too familiar with some of the symptoms that were mentioned earlier on uh, in the show. I just want to bring in also at this point Dr. Hamadi uh, Kometsi, who is a clinical psychologist. Thanks for joining us, uh, Dr. Kometsi. Thank you so much. Uh, and I was listening to the show a bit earlier on, so I did uh, pick up on what the life coach 
and the mother um, said a bit earlier. It's quite an interesting topic. Great stuff. So I can throw you straight into the deep end with a question from one of our listeners here. Um, Anon Cognito says, after three years of developing a startup business, I took a year um, off work and I couldn't do anything. I was not inspired anymore. But then he goes on to say that he also um, sunk into a life of alcohol, uh, drinking every day. So is there a link between um, burnout and substance abuse? They're not uh, to the extent that like a lot of other uh, psychological uh, conditions is caused by uh, excessive stress. Yes, uh, to cope with that amount of, of stress and to cope uh, with the symptoms of, of burnout, some people do what we call self-medicating. To try and cope with it, they, they, they could uh, tend to, 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 to alcohol or other forms uh, of drugs, which unfortunately would be very destructive ways uh, of uh, of managing the situation can only make the situation worse. But I think uh, it's also important to indicate that uh, burnout is associated. You know, just to indicate that you know it's, it's an association, not necessarily that burnout causes depression, but there is an association between burnout and depression. And indeed, some of the people that end up uh, uh, with the diagnosis of some form of a mood disorder or depression uh, would have been uh, you know burnout as well. Let me read some of the comments. Um, let's start with the Facebook page. Uh, Nicola Rodwell Bjorkman says, listening at the moment, I cannot believe how accurate the symptoms are. I'm sitting in bed listening as I have booked off work for a week for chronic fatigue. Absolutely. And I think so often uh, the burnout manifests as chronic fatigue where we just actually no longer have the reserves to actually get out of bed and go to work. So, Nicola, I understand what you are saying, and I'm so glad you prepared to recognize what it is. And the good news is there is help out there. You don't have to stay in the state of burnout. As Shirley was saying, we've looked at coaching with Shirley, and Shirley's in a very, very different place to where she was a few years ago. And then, of course, uh, that's the coaching option. Dr. Komenzi, uh, what would you uh, suggest from your side? Look, um, I, I think the important thing, as, as, as Kim had said, you know, one of the things that is, where it starts is recognizing that uh, you know there's something going on, something for which I, I need some assistance. And yes, there, there is assistance out there. I would think, and this is a personal view, I would think that uh, when uh, burnout uh, has not uh, complicated with uh, certain psychological conditions like depression, for instance, uh, you know, life coaches can you know can do a lot of of, of work to you know to assist uh, people. But it gets to a certain point where, in fact, you need psychotherapy as mm. well as uh, pharma, you know uh, pharmacotherapy, where you can take uh, you know a certain um, you know pharmacological uh, drugs to assist you just to get off, uh, you know, uh, that point where you feel completely helpless, powerless and hopeless. Mm. I, I want to go back to the lines now, 891 um, Let's just hear quickly from Sir Pibbs, who's in Cape Town, but he's from PE. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Sakina, 
I, I, you know, I, I, the topic that you've brought up today, it's quite, quite interesting for me. The part of the burnout, it's part of the thing that I say that every person, if you're not balancing these things well, you will end up on it. In my two cents worth of it, I was impressed when I heard one of your guest speakers there is talking that she, 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 she sleeps 20, she works 20 hours and sleeps 4 hours. And she used the word, she says, for decades. Satina, I've been at it for decades. But what I can give, just a two cents worth on, on this thing, is that I have balanced it so well that I have made sure that burnout is not going to be the key thing that is going to kill me. And I use the words that your, your guests also use, saying that it is not normal what we're doing. If you've got to work hard, it is not normal to work 20 hours and rest four hours. But when I rest, Sakina, I rest hard. When I work, what I work hard. What does that mean? What does resting hard mean? Come, Sir Pebs, tell us. How do you okay. cope with Sakina, this? Sakina, when, when you go to sleep, sleep, Sakina. Sleep. The body will tell you <laughs> time has come to sleep now. Sleep. That four hours, that body alarm is going to tell you in four hours time you will be up because the amount of work behind you that you still got to do will be there. There's a person who's talking about the chronic fatigue is not, is not balanced. Now saying those people who are having a chronic fatigue, you're not balancing it well. Okay, Balance don't well go away. Gym. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. Go work, walk. Don't do anything that what you call balance this work. But when it time comes to rest, you know your, your, your easy Fridays on Friday. The way I laugh out Gola and everything on that Friday, you're balancing it well. But come Monday to Thursday, all those hard topics you bring on us are, are really, that is, that is the rule I'm saying, balance it well. Work <laughs> hard, work hard the four days. Sir Pebs, before you go, I'd like Shirley to respond. Maybe you and Shirley could have a little conversation here. <laughs> Hello, Sir Pebs. You know, I, I agree with you. It is about balance. But um, really, working 20 hours a day can never be normal, can never be healthy, and can never be okay. So, and it shouldn't be necessary. This is the other thing. I think we need to make the decisions that take us away from that space. Because why should it be necessary? I have my own business and I am a consultant. And I understand that uh, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So that's as simple. I don't work for anybody and so I don't get a salary. But you know what? I honestly have had to tell you that you start making mistakes. You start um, taking longer to do the work if you, if you actually work those hours continually. And I can never agree that one can actually balance your life with that kind of working hours. Yes, I used to also I'd go and run for half an hour or go to gym for whatever the time. But the point is, even while I was there doing that, and I understand what you're saying, that you need to switch off. That's what you're saying. Even while I was there doing that, my head was in my workspace of what I still had to do, what I had to finish, what I had to go. So honestly, my recommendation is you never work those hours. You need to sort your life out. You need to, I had to give clients notice. That's how I had to do it. So, Ben? Shirley, Shirley, I hear you 100%. Shirley, we are building a country that needs us to be building our country. Our children, when they listen to us, and thinking that it is normal just to, we're going to receive it because somebody else is going to do it. Go and work for it. Work hard to get there. you got to put in. I hear you saying that, that the, your kids have got to take these resting hours and what you got. You must see the pressure I put on my kids here as well. I've got lots of the, the mentors that I'm mentoring. I'm saying to them, you got to work hard, guys. Time has not arrived yet. But if you see the signs, 
Shelly's are out there. Shelly's are out there to go and guide you and say the assistance is there. I've been doing this thing since 1992. Okay. Up to now, Shelly, I'm still at it and I'm working hard and I'm saying, come the jazz festival, you will see me booging there. To rest, to take that thing out that first. And when Sakina brings the Friday, what you call, I switch off for that hour and say, I need this time to rest so that my mind can be refreshed. Come Monday morning, Sunday morning, I'm telling you, while I'm in the treadmill on the gym, some of those who know me, more especially in the Eastern Cape, I used to tell them, the hours I work, I'm not putting pressure on you because your job description is telling you to work from this time to that time. Please. But let us do the things just in time, in a quality format, in a teamwork, in the world-class standards. That is my norm, Shelley. Nothing else. Those four things makes me to be where I am, and I don't buy around and run, running around for it. Therefore, let's work on those four points, guys. But those who need help, seek help. It is available. As you say, Shelley, your team, your consultants, you are out there. They must. The person must be able to know. I need help. Go seek help. But okay. don't use it as an excuse to say, I'm not going to work hard because Shelly says it is normal to work. We're building a country. Let's go and build it. So, <laughs> Pabs, thank you so much for that call. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue with the discussion. Lee, stay there. Everybody else, I'll read those messages as well. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. We're talking burnout and the questions that are coming through, the the, the messages uh, from the various platforms, really, really interesting. But before we get to that, let's speak to Lee in Joburg. Uh, Lee, thanks for holding. Hi. Yes, and thank you for taking my call. Um, Just in a nutshell, quickly, I'll just tell you, um, I stress a lot at school, and I always had to get the top of the top awards and everything. In 1993, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. I'm now 41. Um, stress I just cannot do. I cannot do. I've never been able to do. So what finally happened is that my work, which is a reputable company, they boarded me. So at the moment I'm at home, but I am disabled now from all the stress. And what I find the problem is, is that I I don't know how to get out of the stress. Once you get there, I, I take bubble bars and I relax and I read a lot and I breathe a lot and I have lots of friends. But how do you get out of that, that, that point that when you're actually there and you're getting an attack in your legs and how do you get out of it? Thank you, Lee. I think that's a a beautiful uh, comment that you've made and I just want to salute you. I think you're an incredibly brave woman. And um, she's MS, 41, though. She's 41, and MS is not an easy thing to deal with. So, Lee, just absolutely salute you. I think you are wonderful. I think it, in dealing with stress and burnout, there are a number of things that we look at. Uh, one is self awareness. So, looking at your own emotions, what your thought patterns are. We often talk about ants, your automatic negative thoughts, and how they impact you, how they impact your body and your emotions, and really help people to develop new thought patterns. And that, just by changing the way you think, it can often impact your belief in yourself. And then that can't be easy to do either, because as you say, it's automatic there are negative automatic. thoughts so it doesn't take much doing they just come and and they seem to come easier than any positive thing that you're trying to do but i think we as human beings have the most incredible gift so you know we can stop a thought and we can stand outside of it and we can evaluate it 
So in Lee's situation where fear can be an absolutely overwhelming driving thing, she has the ability to stop that thought, to stand outside of it and say, is this thought serving me? Is it helpful? Or is it actually triggering such a negative response? If it's not serving me and it's not even factual, I can change it. So we have this incredible gift that we can utilize. And I think it's so important, especially in Lee's situation, to be able to control what goes in your headspace. I know with being told I would never speak again. I mean, you can, I lost everything. I lost my consulting business. I lost friends. I lost my ability to earn. I was disabled, you know, boarded disabled. And so there I had the opportunity to accept that that was completely where it was going to be forever or stop those negative thoughts. And just say they will not control me because if they overwhelm me and control me, I will never climb out of this mess. And that is powerful. That's really profound. Um, uh, Dr. Kometi, let me read a few of the messages coming through here. And um, you're, of course, free to weigh in on the others, uh, the calls that came through as well. Odin says... HR involvement is important. Monitoring of work performance, management of overtime, encouraging staff to go on annual leave. But some people would say that's not their experience in the workplace because you are told you can't take leave because those deadlines are waiting. Who's going to do your job when you are away? I think I think there again, it's, it's all about <clears throat> being able to be to, to be assertive in, in the workplace and being assertive not necessarily, uh, you know, by uh, trying to be hostile or aggressive towards uh, your mm-hmm. superiors. Um, it is a fact that if uh, you do not look after yourself, in the, in the long run, your productivity levels are going to go down anyway and you're going to get sick uh, and your motivation to be at work is going to go down. So I, 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 really, I really feel that it's quite important that as employees, uh, you know, people need to be assertive. And I agree with, um, with the person who sent in a mess- that, that message in saying that HR's role would be quite important. Uh, in addition to HR, I think employee wellness programs, uh, you know, in the different workplaces and companies uh, need to uh, do preventative work uh, and try and uh, prevent burnout before it happens. Uh, but uh, companies are so profit-driven. They, 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 the employees are not top of mind. You see, the, the, the reality um, is uh, somehow aligned to what the caller, uh, you know, the one that said uh, he, he plays very hard. Um, from time to time, the, the ideal is that there needs to be that careful balance, and that careful balance should be something that, is, that both the employee and the, employ- the employer strives for. However, in reality, uh, things turn out completely differently. Uh, there are deadlines that have to be met. Uh, and from time to time, you find yourself having to work longer hours than, uh, than initially anticipated. And I think that, that's a normal thing at the workplace. But you need to keep your eyes open. Uh, you need to be aware of how uh, negative the impact would be if that became the norm rather than an exception when there are certain pressing issues that have to be dealt with. But by um, implication, Doc, that would mean that managers need to manage differently from the way they did 30 years ago. They need to be aware of these things. I agree completely. And and, and management, uh, you know, Sakina, you must remember, it is a a relationship. Uh, What uh, becomes a product out of uh, a managed relationship is brought about both by the contribution of the manager and the one that is being managed. 
So, um, yes, although in terms of power differentials, in this case, we would expect managers to know better, but we should know that there are pressures from multiple directions. And from time to time, managers would apply certain uh, you know, pressures which uh, an employee hopefully would be able to, to respond uh, towards in a way that is more helpful, that is um, uh, well-being uh, promoting as compared to situations where a person just throws themselves into work until they are unable to continue working. Mm, indeed. A uh, few quick messages. Uh, Mr. Getze says, I work erratic hours uh, where I work on demand and on standby seven days a week throughout the week until 9 p.m. Um, Ngobeni Glenn says, I understand hard work, but 20 hours, no. Uh, Sir Pebs is on another level. And then uh, this one here from uh, Tabza. Tabza says, more black professionals are being diagnosed with high blood pressure, and that leads to hard Heart attacks and also black tax plays a huge role in all of this. I think that's a very interesting concept that she's brought up because the concept of black tax is that as I'm succeeding as a black person, I have to take responsibility for siblings, put them through schooling, take care of the extended family. So it puts additional stress and pressure on that person. And I think that's where you're seeing the physical manifestation with increased blood pressure, with heart disease. That's where it's playing out in their bodies. And so, again, just another illustration of the levels of burnout and stress we're experiencing in this country. Let's go to Panda, who's calling us from Cape Town. Good morning. Hi, 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 Sakina. Let me just add my two cents comment on this, because I myself, I have been a victim of this especially with my previous company that I've worked for. And I was newlywed, and I was one of the... I became very harsh to my wife because at work I had to deliver. There were SNL to manage and so forth. And this is really stressing. And sometimes we get upset into it, and we can't come out of the cycle. And obviously our employers will want to get the best out of us regardless of such consequences. And I just want to add and say there is a solution to this. And one of those solutions, Akina, and I think God knew that this would happen to our lives. Because even God himself when he was creating, he had what is called Sabbath. The first week of his creation, there is a rest that we must get into. And I think it's free of charge. And I had to observe Sabbath and rest. And when I was resting, I was using different modes of rest. But I still recommend the biblical Sabbath. It will rest you a part of that. And I'm recovered. And the spin-off on that where I became a different husband, I became a different man, where I was able to be understood and work and not be harsh. And I'm saying, young guys who want to deliver and work who are coming out of school need to be careful of this. It will change them. Some are addicted. It takes them a long time for them to get out of this addiction. But we need to be careful of this because it comes under the under the fact that you get bonuses at work, you are respected, you are given many projects, and no employer will say, Let's not give Panda this, let's not give this and this to you because they know you can deliver. But the side effect of that is a turnout. That's my two cents of comments, Akina. But people must observe Sabbath. God gave us Sabbath to help us on this.
Thank you so much, Panda, in Cape Town. Let me read through some of the SMS messages. Uh, Solomon says, remember us truck drivers. We work for long hours. And uh, Barry in East London says, some people actually think that by pushing themselves to the point of burnout, it is what must happen. And they firmly believe that by doing that, it will enhance their position within the company that they work for. Can I make a comment on that? Mm Mm-hmm. I had an individual that came to see me that was burnt, was very stressed and burnt out. And they work for a wonderfully progressive company that was prepared to put them through a, a process. And just a comment that she says here, she said that her EQ score, her emotional intelligence, mm. went up by over 20 points because she'd stopped and evaluated what was going on. And we worked on giving her tools to deal with stress. We worked on helping her deal with anxiety. She said, I have managed to achieve the right balance of people management and technical skills in my new management role. And she said, the greatest increases for me have been in my optimism and my stress my stress management composite. There were also improvements in self-expression and the interpersonal composites. So I think when, yes, it is, it's very expensive if you don't deal with stress and burnout in the workplace because it's going to have profound impacts. I think like Dr. Hametzi Kometi said, that it's going to increase, it's going to impact the bottom line significantly for the organization. Mm. But if they are prepared to invest in the wellness of their employees, the benefit that they are going to see is exceptional and I think that the performance that you get you get out of an individual that is emotionally well whose EQ is sound far outweighs what you're going to get from that stress burnout individual. Some serious questions coming through and um, unfortunately time is against us but I'm going to run through as many of them as I can. Um, Murapedi Salele uh, says but how do you distinguish between burnout and simple laziness? Another one, um, what can be done for a top executive who has suffered extreme burnout and isn't conversing any longer is locked in uh, even after having 20, uh, 10 treatments, the whole family is very worried how do you reach him so that he can start normalizing his life again uh does it just take time that's a very serious question dr kometi it, it takes stopping uh, uh mm-hmm. like like uh, my, my colleague the left coach say, there was saying you need to stop and uh you know take stock and realize that uh you know there is something that is going on and it has got serious repercussions Unfortunately, uh, most people do not uh, do not understand. They are unable to identify uh, or label this as burnout. Because if they could, then they would seek help much much earlier. So um, I would say that you know, for those people who who are in employee wellness, uh, you know, uh, positions, and for family members actually, if they see that there is something that is going on that uh, has introduced a negative change in in a family member. To, to call for help. And if I can just touch very quickly on uh, Moradil Shalele's uh, uh, you know, comments there. La- laziness, uh, you know, really, it, it, it's not a, a psychological condition necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being uh, willing to work as compared to the, the, the extreme psychological condition that is brought about, uh, that is a part of, 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 the, of burnout. Uh, burnout is about feeling empty, feeling like you've got nothing more to give. Mm. and lacking any interest uh, in continuing to do something, no, having no energy at all.
Well, that's where we have to leave it, unfortunately, because we're hopelessly out of time. But thanks for all the other messages. Um, uh, and, you know, this one from Marcus and PE says, one of the biggest stresses is allowing excessive and unnecessary debt into your life.